In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters, we return to ordinary time, if there is such a thing as ordinary time on a Sunday, as we return to also to my, I think it's possibly two years now of following the Divine Liturgy slowly, these series of talks that are being podcast, they're homilies, but also talks. And I think I'm in episode 34, possibly even more, I've lost count. And the theme of these homilies and talks are the gift. Looking at the Divine Liturgy, possibly more slowly than you anticipated, two years of these talks, looking at the liturgy little by little, sometimes using the gospel of the day as our platform, as our starting point, sometimes not. I wonder the last time we came to these homilies, whether you can remember where we left off. Uh, my, by my recollection, we were just about to start the litany before the Lord's Prayer. But before we dive back into that litany before the Lord's Prayer and think about the litany of the Lord's Prayer, I want us to step back a little bit and think a little bit more widely, particularly thinking about our feast today, which is the feast, last Sunday was the Feast of All Saints. This Sunday is the feast, we celebrate the Feast of our nations, as it were, our peoples, the Feast of All Saints of Great Britain, and often also the Feasts of Russia, Feasts of Romania, the Feasts of all the different nations. But I want today to talk about a bigger idea, a theme, as it were, that underpins this idea of the Divine Liturgy as gift and our understanding of ourselves as Christians. And it picks on the second epistle a little bit in this idea of the saints before the incarnation of Christ, their great exploits, the things that made them saints, but they didn't receive the gift of the incarnation, but yet we do. But also on the Beatitudes that we hear in the Gospel, but we also hear before the entrance in every divine liturgy. And this idea, and there are two parts to this idea, the first one is of the idea of personhood, which is very much part of 20th century Orthodox theology, but also a longer and deeper idea of kenosis, of self-emptying. It's not something that if you go through a catechesis that you'll necessarily trip over or you'll be introduced to. But it helps us to understand what it is more deeply to become a Christian. If we think of a gift, and of course our theme is always in the Divine Liturgy of this idea of gift-giving, we often give a gift without giving of ourselves. We buy it from Amazon or we pop down the shop and we grab something quickly and we give it as a gift. But Jesus in his incarnation, death, 
his passion-giving death, resurrection and ascension didn't pop to Amazon to buy a gift to give us. He emptied himself of his divinity. He emptied himself of his humanity. In other words, he died in his humanity in order to be with us, to be us, in order to conquer our death. That's not quite the same gift-giving as we might do as a secondary last-minute gift on Father's Day, just a subtle hint to those who've forgotten that it's Father's Day in the UK. Self-emptying as a gift is something significantly more profound and soul-tearing. I want to thank Father Leo Aldea for inspiring me for what I'm about to say next, and his thoughts on this are much more profound than I'm going to be able to give in a few short minutes. But self-giving of who we are is much more profound than just giving of a gift that we've purchased and handled for a moment and given away. Kenosis, self-emptying, is the giving away of who we are and filling ourselves up with someone else, at least trying to. And Father Aldea responded recently about the Black Lives Matters debates and tragedies that are going on around the world, debates and protests and discussions and debates. And he, like myself, has been struggling with this issue and identity. Let me pose it in this way. I'm a priest, but I am also a full-time lecturer. Uh, When I am at work, I take my cassock off. I appear in what we might call civilian clothes. I can stop being a priest, although I am always a priest. I can be something else to other people. Sometimes when I'm ill and I'm a grumpy and I want to appear anonymous in the world, I can take my cassock off. I can take my robes off because people very much misunderstand and don't know what a cassock is and what it means. I can slip unnoticed through the streets as a civilian. Although I choose to be a priest, it has been at least at one level, a choice. And on a day-to-day basis, I can make choices about whether I appear to be a priest or not. And yet, I experience xenophobia, misunderstanding, and sometimes outright racism. As a deacon sitting on a plane travelling to France, I stood up suddenly rather too quickly wearing just a cassock without my pectoral cross to identify me as a safe Christian. And the people around me flinched because they thought I was wearing the black robes of a Muslim. People misunderstand who I am as a British Orthodox Christian, looking at me puzzled as if to say, you must somewhere have Russian ancestry or Greek ancestry or you must be Romanian then because it's impossible 
for a British, Irish, Welsh, what are you? Somehow I must be from the old countries to be orthodox and definitely, most certainly must be from the old countries to be an orthodox priest. And sometimes when I'm travelling as an orthodox priest with a pectoral cross around me, I am shunned, spat at. And Father Leo, as a Romanian priest in Scotland, was appalled and cried to see the vehement, horrible things that are said about Romanians and Lithuanians and other Eastern Europeans in the tabloid press from the 1990s through even to this very day, as a person who is here legitimately meeting racism and xenophobia all around him. But he and I can take off these things. We can slip into civilian clothes. And I have thought sometimes, what if I had a different skin? What if I didn't have a nice English accent? What if I had different eyes? What if I had skin that I couldn't claw away? And yet I had all of those experiences and yet I can't switch out into different clothes. I experienced all those things, being constantly randomly checked at the airport because of the strangeness of my clothes, or the strangeness of my skin, or the strangeness of the accents of the people around me. He asked the question, what if I had been born black? What would my experience of my faith be? I can't take off my skin. I can't take away my hair colour. Although, believe me, people are sold products to lighten their skin, to flatten their hair, to make it straight and make them white. And they're told in their jobs, in their careers to do so. And they go home and pray to God and cry to God, what have I done wrong? What is my sin here? And I, who has not experienced those things, stand incomprehending. I cannot understand that because I've never experienced it. I don't see it. I only hear it second hand and I don't understand and I don't believe. But I have to believe the words of the people who have experienced it. I only experience it because I put on the cassock, I put on the strange, weird clothes of an Orthodox Christian. I experience it second hand. But I now know that it does happen. But I have the privilege of being able to take all those things off and to slip into the crown unnoticed. Millions of people around me do not have the privilege of taking their skin off, their hair off, their eyes out. This happens around us all the time. And those people go home and cry, what have I done? Why am I like this God? What is my sin? And to us who 
who don't experience that. Our challenge is to empty ourselves of our experiences and to ask ourselves, can I enter into that? Can I enter into their life and into their experience, even only partially, to empty myself of my own experience, of my own ego, this idea of kenosis? Just as Jesus Christ, God, empties himself of his divinity, of his righteousness, of his justice, of his perfection, in order to become us in all of our imperfection, in all of our sinfulness. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they that are merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Inheriting the earth, being filled, obtaining mercy, seeing God, emptying ourselves of our sinfulness, of our own ego, of our own experiences, means that we become empty so that we may be, are able to enter into the experiences of those that mourn, of those who are meek, of those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who are merciful, those who are peacemakers, those who are persecuted for righteousness, those who are reviled and those who are persecuted. So often, my dear brothers and sisters, we identify as being persecuted and being reviled, and yet we are not those people. We think we are the ones that are reviled and persecuted, yet we are not. We need to empty ourselves of our fullness of ego and to look to those who are truly reviled and persecuted. Empty ourselves of our own arrogance and ego in order that we may be truly empty, that we may be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will come to us in people who are unexpected, the people that we may be least comfortable with, the people we may dismiss, the people whose ideas we may be most challenged and most uncomfortable by. And then we may be truly ready to receive the gift, the gift of the liturgy, the gift of the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.